Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end or the lager end of the world's end one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we are preparing to annihilate Minute 12, which begins with Andy telling Gary that he remembers the names of their childhood friends and ends with Gary tasking Andy if he has to check with the missus. I think I just pulled a Ron Burgundy there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. There's a typo in the script. Whoops. So, <laughs> do you have to check with the misses? Is that his impression of Peter? <laughs> it, yeah, I think it's just like him doing a uh, his 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 impression of a guy that's married, <laughs> just old and feeble, and as as dickless as Steven Spielberg. I don't know. <laughs> carry, carry over a joke. I don't know. Uh, no, nah, he has a lot of kids. It's just, it's so interesting to see, I don't know, kind of what you were talking about with Steve and how like Gary doesn't want what these guys have. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see himself as, he thinks they're the losers. Right. Yeah. They, they, they sold s- out. Yeah. They're like Robin Williams and Hook. Right. Right. Yeah. That's actually true. Speaking of Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And he's Rufio. Speaking of dickless Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Uh, there he yeah. goes, old dickless Steven Spielberg, the man without a dick. <laughs> I'm a grandfather. Oh. oh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, he has no interest in any of this. He doesn't. He doesn't want this world uh, at all. He likes, you know, things the way they are. Yeah, I'd be fascinated to see what his like daily life was before going into the uh into the program so to speak yeah before his uh suicide attempt yeah yeah because it looks like that's where he's been living is that yeah. uh I don't, I don't know i don't know the correct wordage rehabilitation center because mm-hmm. uh, i don't think he's i don't think he's sober i don't think he's on the wagon no you know what i you know what i think is um is uh i think the saddest part about this set up for this is that Gary attempted suicide and none of them know. Yeah. Like none of them found out there was no grapevine to find out through. Like none of them knew. No. Yeah. None of them. I mean, a couple of them never find out. Right. Yeah. That's, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I, Andy might be the only one who finds out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Steven's it, not around when that revelation happens. Yeah. It's it's sad, you know, and and it, it it speaks so much to about Gary's character that he doesn't see that as something to share. Yeah. With his friends, with these people that are his best friends in the world. Right. That it's he doesn't he chooses not to share with them something real and traumatic that happened to him. 
but instead he tries to use them mm-hmm. to escape. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's what Gary's action is for most of this movie is to escape. He's not reckoning with anything. He's struggling not to deal with anything or go deeper into the trauma and find it at the source and deal with it. Instead, he just wants to escape, whether that's right. through alcohol or nostalgia, mm-hmm. which are, I think, in this movie, both drugs. Yep. Tools of hallucination. Yep. Yep, for sure. And I really, um, I'm in love with Andy's focused lack of eye contact in this scene. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I, I, what I love about this is just the fact that, you know, Nick Frost is playing a totally different character. Like this is, you know, he is not playing a synthesis character, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Andy is not the synthesis of, <laughs> Of uh, Ed and Danny, of Ed and Danny, not even, not even a little bit. Uh, he is, he is a totally different character. If anything, uh, uh, Danny is the synthesis of Ed and Andy. I guess um, it would be like, yeah, it would be like uh, Ed is the synthesis. Uh, Andy is the antithesis, and. Danny would be the synthesis of the right, time. yeah. Like Ed was a, an immature character, but he had kind of a grit and meanness to him, right? Kind of, you know, he kind of reminds me of like that dog that would scare your girlfriend, but mm-hmm. you were like, no, he's fine. He's he's great. He's just he's a he's a pit bull. You just have to. He's, he's, yeah. not, he's not scary. He's Danny, kind of a Gary King, actually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, where he is kind of stuck. And he's choosing, he's actively choosing not to go forward. He refuses to go forward, which is why he becomes a zombie. Right. Uh, Danny is sort of like a Labrador. He's a puppy. Right. I don't and know. He's loyal to a fault. He's loyal to a fault. Yeah. And here we have Andy who kind of doesn't have, he, he he's not a simple character. He's not a character right. that you can really be like, oh yeah, Andy Knightley. He used to be those things. It's like his, his. He is, it's almost like he is a synthesis of Ed and Danny, but he was a synthesis of them prior to the accident. Yeah. And the accident broke something in him. Right. Right. So it's like he, he used to be a synthesis character, but he's evolved from that. Yeah. He's, it's really great. And what a, what a gift of a character. What, what, what a gift for, for Wright and Peg to give to Nick Frost. Right. To say, like, look, we we know that you're a better actor than a lot of people would give you credit for. Yeah. We know that you you can be so much more than Sean and then Ed and Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, his character's name in space is blanking on me. But uh, but yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Timmer. <I'm, laughs> I think yeah. of that. But yeah. And so it, like I, I think it's so great. And you know what I, I've been thinking about? watching this minute is uh kevin smith Mm. and how kevin smith was a kind of before edgar wright a filmmaker that i really held in not just high regard as a filmmaker but as a creative person and i was a person who would watch every kevin smith movie and was delighted by the connective tissue and the sort of mythology behind them yeah as much as the movies themselves i would like watch his q and a's and i would I knew who like, oh, that's Brian Johnson or like, oh, like right. 
that's a reference to their real life thing. Right. Yeah, right. I know what the inside jokes are because I listened to the commentaries and watched the evening with Kevin Smith's and would listen to Smodcast. Right. And I say this, I think, I think you and I have uh, a more than average affection for Kevin Smith than most people these days. Sure. Without being like acolytes, without being like going to his live shows and whatnot. Right. I but, mean, literally there's a new Jay and Silent Bob movie. And neither of us has wa- have watched it. Partially, I think that's because we've both promised each other we would watch it together. But yeah. Yeah. I was I've actually, every time I go on Prime, I see it. And I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. We should do yeah. like a hangout. We should, do, we should do like a watch party or something. Yeah. Yeah. We should. You're right. Uh, but yeah. So like that's where we are with Kevin Smith. So I say this with love in my heart. But I think Kevin Smith is a person who has kind of like Gary King refused to grow as a mm-hmm. filmmaker. Where he's like, no, I refuse to care about sight lines. <laughs> Yeah. Or continuity or like growing beyond. I think he used to. I think there was a period like in between like Red State or Zach and Mary or even Cop Out where he was right. like, what if I grew? What if I became more? And now he's like, no. What if I just became deeper Kevin Smith? Right. Well, I mean, I think part of that was that um, people uh, rejected that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He was he was rejected. He tried to do better and people were like uh fuck you jersey boy go sit down and he was like okay "Okay, i will (laughs) but i'm gonna do something while i'm sitting down and you might not not like like it (laughs) (laughs) it's about a man who gets turned it's about a man who turns another man into a walrus his man indeed a walrus at heart (laughs) it's so stupid You've heard of Bratwurst. You've heard of Nazis. Well, let me introduce you to Bratzies. Starring my daughter. Oh, God. Um, and my neighbor's daughter. My neighbor, <laughs> by the way, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Johnny Jesus Depp. Anyway. Um, there's a There's a really... I've never noticed it as uh, ADR before, but uh, it's a really funny bit of ADR here. Um, so there's this... There's this uh, bit here where Gary says, um, we had ourselves a little idea. And he says, and Andy says, did you now? So that's the first bit of ADR. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you know? We're going back to Newton Haven for some unfinished business. (laughs) So he says, we're going back to Newton Haven. And then there's a beat. We hold on Gary the whole time. And then he says, uh, he he says for some unfinished business, and there's this bit of ADR in the middle of those two lines where where they make Nick Frost say why, <laughs> and it's why? and it's just so interesting because it's like it, like the 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 blank space of Gary just saying we're going back to Newton Haven, why. For some unfinished business, like the 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 fact that like it wasn't like they couldn't just let Andy just not say anything. Yeah, um, yeah. Because like you know it plays like totally different if Andy says nothing because then it's just Gary. Like we're going back to Newton Haven for some unfinished business, and then that's when Andy says that's a joke, right? Um. <laughs> Because like so, instead of instead of it playing like that, he's just answering his questions, which I just he's a very interesting yeah. choice. And I'm in I I love 
Andy's like looking up and going, that's a joke, right? Because yeah. even in, even when they're the most separate, even when they are actively, when Andy is trying actively not to be a friend, they can't help but read each other's minds. Yeah. He knows exactly what Gary's talking about. He's the only one. He's the only one to be like, you're kidding me. And he so hates- he, did, he didn't have to explain it yeah. to him. He knew. Which is so great because like, you know, I think like any friendship, I've I've had moments where I haven't been on, I haven't been in bonkers love with my best friends where I've been a little mad at them or maybe even tr- in that moment trying to distance myself from them. Mm-hmm. I'm mad at you. We're not friends, but we can't help but- live in the same brain and right. share each other's thoughts and communicate psychically the way that people who are really close with people can. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I, I just, I just love that moment of like, that's a joke, right? Like <laughs> doesn't even have to explain. And then uh, and, and Gary never uh, says like, you know, you know, the, the golden mile, blah, blah, blah. He like, and he knows that Andy knows and they can just start talking about it. Yeah. Five guys, 12 pubs, 50 pints, 60, 60 pints. pints. Steady on, you fucking alky. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good, that's a good, that, that's a really good uh, line reading. I love yeah. that. Ooh, steady on, you fucking alky. <laughs> what, I, what I love about, kind of going back, the reason I brought up Kevin Smith is I think the fact that they, that, that Edgar Wright and Peg and Frost are pushing each other in this mm-hmm. trilogy. And constantly being like, no, what else can we do? What's something different we can do? And yet that chemistry is still there. And that even even while they're playing two characters that are aren't buddy buddy, that aren't playing PlayStation side by side, you can't that chemistry is undeniable. And that back and forth, you you know, you can't deny it. Yeah. And yeah. so asking it to do different things is actually very fascinating because you get to see new divots to their their on screen relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so then he says, uh, I haven't had a drink in 16 years. So they're all 41, which puts his year of going sober at 25. Yeah. Which suggests that the car accident happened when they were 25. Yeah. So, so after high school, they were friends for seven more years before it all fell apart. So they haven't been friends in like 16 years is what it seems like. Or if not 16 years, then maybe like, like, you know, somewhere in the range of like 10 to 15 years. Um, My guess is he probably hasn't seen them or like been like really friendly with them in 10 to 15 years. Yeah. So, in a way, longer than they've known each other. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, we get our first instance of Andy accusing Gary of having a selective memory. And and, and uh, Gary says, thank you. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, also the first instance of Andy saying that it is pointless arguing with Gary. Right. The kind of uh, classic Act 1 Edgar Wright. Uh, uh, I don't know. Hanging setups, hang, setups, yeah. hanging, hanging, hanging a lantern. Yeah. Um, I uh the the line you remember the Friday nights. I remember the Monday mornings is good. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Um, it's like also that. kind of really telling 
you know, you, you, you know, watching this again, if you're watching this movie a second or third time, Gary isn't leading with, holy shit, dude, I'm sorry. Right. Which is all Andy cares about hearing. Right. It's like, hey, I left you to die. Yeah. I'm really sorry. I owe you an apology. The fact that Gary leads with the show, the 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 I'm Gary King, King of the King of Beers, whatever. And he's like, Oh, you haven't changed at all. I have nothing to say to you. Right. Right. Because it, it hasn't even occurred to you to like apologize to me or that you've you caused you know, like like I haven't had a drink in sixteen years. Oh, you must be thirsty. It's like, oh, you you have no you know nothing. You haven't grown. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I've I um as the week goes along, I have more theories about their backstory and Great. the timeline of everything. Um, based on certain lines of dialogue here and there. But yeah, I think that the event, the accident happened when um, at 25. That's sad. Yeah. That's younger than I am now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, I think that was it though. I think that's when it happened. 25 was a good year. Um, yeah. Or uh, actually, I mean, it's also possible, I guess that, well, no, I don't know. Yeah. 25. Um. Going sober at 25, that's sobering, just in, in, in and of itself. The idea of someone becoming sober at 25 is pretty sobering. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of speaks to, I mean, like, if that was the death of phase one Andy, childhood Andy, yeah, and the kind of uh, Batman crime alley moment, right? the moment of rebirth and transformation, it's uh, yeah, and and, and he, he sort of spent the last sixteen years climbing up the ladder like Batman, out of the cave, mm-hmm. to where he's at now. Yeah, yeah. What was um, that place called that Bane that Bane sent him to? Lazarus Pit. Yeah, the Lazarus Pit. <laughs> I forgot because that's not the Lazarus Pit, right? In my, in yeah. my mind, it's the Christopher yeah. Nolan Lazarus Pit, right? It's Christopher what Nolan's if, version of the Lazarus Pit. What if instead of a magical pool, it was a hole in the ground that they climb out of, and when they come out of it, they feel like a, be- a different person. You know, like that way, they've that, been born again. That way, it's not stupid and childish. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, also, uh, I find it very interesting that. Uh, that Andy says that it's pointless arguing with Gary. He's a lawyer. He argues for a living. <laughs> yeah. And he's saying it's pointless arguing with Gary. Uh, one of my favorite moments that I remember, re- I remember really being like, that's really funny as a kid was there's an episode of Boy Meets World where it's like a fantasy flash forward to Mr. Feeney's retirement. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that episode? No. Uh, they like, it's like, what if it's like uh, uh, one of them is afraid that they're not going to be. Fr- I think it's I think it's uh, anyway, they're afraid they're not going to be friends anymore after college. And so there's like a fantasy sequence where it's Mr. Feeney's retirement party and everyone has come together for the first time in a long time. Uh-huh. And uh, Eric, Will Friedle's character, enters and he is he's become a hermit. Oh, my he, God. OK, he has like a big beard. He's dressed in rags. <laughs> and, and Joey Lawrence's character, Sean's brother, uh, sees him and he's like, I'm a, I can't remember the line, but he's like, I'm a lawyer. I'm a businessman. I have, I have, I have I'm successful. What power do you have over me? And <laughs> Eric's like, mm. 
So what you're saying is Boy Meets World Boys Boy Meets World did it first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sometimes it doesn't matter how far you run or how high you climb, the people that matter to you are always going to matter to you, sometimes for better or for worse. Yeah. Until you kind of reckon with yourself. I'm not saying that you can't escape uh 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 you know unhealthy relationships. I think that you can. I believe that people can, but you have to go inward and hiding isn't going to solve anything. Running isn't going to solve anything. Yeah. Yeah. I do think, um, I think it's interesting that when, uh, Andy says, uh, Gary, why do you think none of us live in Newton Haven anymore? (laughs) And Gary's like, Oh, which is, (laughs) which is a really great response. Like a total Bart Simpson response. Um, and he's like, because it's a black hole, it's boring and it always was, and it always will be. And it's really interesting how much he hates that town. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what it is about the town that he hates so much. Did the accident happen in Newton Haven? I don't know. And is Newton Haven responsible for the accident? Um, I don't know. Like, like, I'm I'm not, I'm not particularly fond of a great many people from my uh, my hometown, but I would never blame the hometown for it. It's like, yeah. it's not the town's fault that it's boring. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I hate a place and maybe that just says yeah. more to the, the kind of charmed life that I've had. Maybe, but, uh, it's, just, but yeah. it's there's so much contempt. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what did the town ever do to you? Like Man, Gary really is, you know, when they flash forward to grown up Bart. Yeah. He, he's that. He is. He's not a stripper, but he's similar. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. And so he says, it's pointless arguing with you. Gary's like, exactly. So come. I'm picking everyone up from High Wycombe Station, 5 o'clock, 3 o'clock, sharp. Sharp. I, 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 I say that all the time. I, mm-hmm. I do the sharp. I do that all the time. That's a, that's a secret quote for me. Yeah, I love I love the way he says it. It's um, it's very addicting. Sharp. <laughs> it's very uh, it's very uh, yarp. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. It's satisfying. I don't know. There is a common language to Edgar Wright's screenplays, especially his British ones. Yeah, which is like right. Yeah, that's true. Like even when they when 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 Simon when Simon Pegg and Nick Frost did their like uh, COVID. Uh, public service announcement it had kind of mm-hmm. a right edgar wright patter yeah it like, did. oh that's oh, that's just how they talk it's like how you know there's a quote about joss whedon where it's like oh no he actually talks like that right you have to wonder though if it's is that is that edgar wright or is that simon Pegg though right that's very true because like if you look at baby driver or it's interesting that his movies without simon Pegg are also his only north american movies yeah that's why yeah. i'm so fascinated about last night in soho Right. It's yeah. British, but it's not Peg. Right. That's true. God. I can't wait to see literally anything from that movie. I want to oh, know yeah. the first, what like, it is. The first like Empire Magazine still. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, well, they've had those. There's been a few of those. Because there's that oh. picture of like the lady like going, oh, like, like she's like, has like a shocked <laughs> face and there's like a light on her. I don't know. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, really? Oh, is I'll it, send it to you. Is it Thomas um, and McKenzie or Anya Taylor-Joy? I think it's. I think Honestly. it might be Anya Taylor Joy. I think, um, I'm not sure. Anyway, because uh, she's making a face, so it's hard to tell. But I think it's her. <laughs> um, in any event, 
Uh, yeah, I can't wait for that first trailer. Um, no, me neither. Because I just I, I remember watching the Baby Driver trailer the first time and just being like, that this is what it is. This mm-hmm. is what it ended up being. Had that uh, great uh, Nowhere to Run cover. Yeah, that wasn't in the movie. Oh man, man. But uh, it's but a good yeah. trailer. Uh, Amazon.com. Duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. Uh, save it, bookmark it. Next time you feel like shopping at Amazon, uh, helps us out a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Doesn't help out with uh, renting video, but buying video we're not sure of. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it really it helps us out. It's the next best thing to uh, supporting us on Patreon, which is always preferable. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a little easier. So, uh, yeah, Duelinggenre. Doesn't cost you anything. Doesn't take anything out of your pocket. Dillingjohn.com slash Amazon. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 13. 13? Yes. But for now, let's move on.